actually is a podcast about reimagining the way we approach the entirety of the birthing year. Margot's goal is to combine her radical imagination with her knack for strategizing to bolster the birth revolution and a larger global revolution of feminine consciousness. Actually is a production of the Indie Birth Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Now here's your host, midwife and teacher, Margot Blackstone. Welcome everybody to today's episode of Actually with me, Margot Blackstone. I have another guest on today to do some fly on the wall birth business coaching which is really fun and exciting. I've been really into doing these and I'm so appreciative to the people who have taken part in this little experiment. And each one has been different and I'm sure this one will be its own flavor as well. Today we have Zara on and I will let her introduce herself. Hello everyone. I'm Zara. I live in New Zealand, but I was originally born and raised in Germany. And I have traveled the world for the last seven years and now settling into New Zealand with my husband. And I've been interested in birth probably since I'm a child. And I remember I always thought that I was a midwife in a former life (laughs) and couldn't quite explain that. And... I also always knew that I would not become a midwife in this life because I would never go into a hospital. So that wouldn't make sense then in Germany. And yes, so then, but I still was always drawn to birth and everything birth. And when my best friends became pregnant, I was naturally always with them or by their side. And so I witnessed quite a few pregnancies and a few births, like one home birth where I was present and not knowing that it would be called doula or anything like that. And ended up actually when I was 18 working in a birth center because I still thought, oh, maybe I can do this without having to do the training in the hospital. And realized very quickly that you can't do that. You cannot just apprentice with a home birth midwife you like. Oh, you couldn't do that in Germany back then. Yeah, so I didn't end up pursuing that and became a film director instead and lived in Berlin for quite some time before I left then traveling. And then probably two years ago, I started digging back into everything about birth and I thought that would be about me preparing myself to become a mother soonish and so I thought oh that's about that that's why I'm so interested and have to soak up everything and that's also how I got introduced to indie birth and yeah just started following and reading everything I could get into my hands and and then I just thought maybe it's not just only because I'm preparing myself for getting to know everything I would like to know. Maybe I can use the knowledge also for to help others on their way as well. And then I signed up for the Birth Warrior. 
Yes. Excellent. Cool. Thank you for sharing some of that background. I had a question that I don't know the answer to about your background. When we were conversing back and forth before this call, you mentioned that you draw on your experiences from living in indigenous and earth honoring cultures around the world. I'm just curious more about that and your travels and how that's brought you to where you are now. Yeah, sure. There come a few different countries and a few different cultures, and so I just circle back to maybe first my husband is Samoan. So he's a um, key, a born, born in New Zealand, but he has Samoan family and um, is a Matai in Samoa. And so with him, and we have been living in the Pacific Islands also for some time, and I had been traveling there before as well. And and then we live here in New Zealand in the far north, and we were also just working and living close with some indigenous and in some lands here actually up north. And we have been living in South America for a couple of years before. And I went to South America to, to learn medicine with the maestro of the Shipibos who is in the Amazon. So I lived there for some time. And then I spent time in the Andes of Peru and learn from another shaman maestra there, so different traditions. And and that's also where I met my husband, who was also working and living with the Quechua and other, some other people further in the mountains. So I think from living overseas for so long, countries and lands, I was introduced to the opposite where I've grown up in, like when you grow up in Germany, like Everything is European centered. And until I left, I wasn't actually quite aware of how much that played out in my own life. I always knew that there would be other ways and that there are other ways. But until I actually left my ways where I came from and really engaged in some other cultures and other traditions, that's when I really realized what I've been missing all the way along, I reckon. Awesome. Thank you. So what do you feel would be most helpful to start with, I guess, today on this call? I know we have a couple directions we could take it. I think for me, so where I'm sitting at the moment is that, so, you know, maybe it's part of like that my Western mind, which of course I still have. I try to feel things out and then I think my western mind still tells me like oh but maybe you can't do it like this maybe are you sure that would work out like this who would be wanting this who would be interested in this are you ready that people are up for this so I think that's where if I truly would just tune in into what I'm feeling and what I would like to bring forth I think it would flow easily but then I have so much yeah doubts in my mind I think that was the word that came up for me too is doubt so how long have you been where you're located currently in New Zealand that's another thing so 
due to COVID, we ended up staying longer here now and probably stay will stay a bit longer here at this moment. And I'm in residency process and everything. So we were on our way back to Samoa, but that's at the moment not really going to happen. So we're settling here right now and are also in between between placing places. I don't really feel like that I have a set spot where I do know the community here now a little bit, but further up north, it's completely different. There's no, not much community. And yeah, so I've been here probably since August, so maybe five months or so, where we are in this. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I think my first thought is just that it's really normal, having only been there for a few months, to not feel totally sure of what the community would think in terms of receiving what it is you have to offer. So I think that makes sense that you're feeling those things. And depending on what your plans are longer term, this is my advice really to anybody is to allay some of those doubts, the best way to do that is to root yourself deeper in the community and really start talking to people and getting connected with the women who are having babies and being part of the Birth Warrior Project. I don't know if you've gotten to this part yet and we could talk more about this, but I sound like a broken record, but teaching our labor blueprint and our Indie Birth Free Workshop materials over and over again has been really the best way that we've seen people do that. So it's, there's so many different reasons for doing it. And that's one of them is like really establishing yourself as a person to come to both like both logistically and like literally and also energetically, like holding that space for women in your community can be really powerful. So that's a first thought. I don't know what I'm not super familiar with New Zealand. I'd love to come visit sometime. So I don't know. What is the population like? Is it large? You said you're rural. Yeah. So the overall population is around, they're pending between four and five million, which is like the city of Berlin is four and, four and a half million. So it's the city where I came from is the overall population here in New Zealand spread on two islands. and And then... The next biggest city here is Auckland, which has also over a million people. If you would be able to access that area, you would be there would be probably a lot of interest there, I would think. But how far is that from you? So where I am right now, so that's maybe one and a half hours. And but normally I'm more up north, so which is five hours away then. Yeah. Okay. And the tiny town thing yeah. right now, I don't know how many people are here. It's like a little bit of a summer town, which gets a bit busy and buzzing over summer. So I'm here for work and then people leave again, go to the big city. Yeah. I think a truth that I come back to a lot is, especially when I'm talking with people who are in more rural areas, is people really aside from some very rare exceptions, people are having babies everywhere. So there's a need for someone in every community, big or small, but it's something to definitely explore. And some doulas and birth workers do travel a fair amount if there is a bigger city within 
two hours or so, that certainly isn't unreasonable. Yeah. Too. So yeah, that's so that's the closest big city. Yeah. To where you are right yeah. now. And also the, okay. the only big city. The only big city. The closest and only. Yeah. So that might be worth exploring. What would that look like to maybe teach a workshop or something there? Yeah. And access women that are living there, whether that's through social media or often there are mom Facebook groups. And that's a really easy way to introduce yourself and also just to gauge where a community is at by just seeing what are they talking about? What is important to them? Yeah. Right now. And I actually went already through that material in the course because I found it interesting. And, And I remember, oh my God, so would that be me offering this as well? Could I offer this since then I was feeling into how that would feel or what that would do to me and and then I was wondering do you think that would also work online yeah we have had people do it online with lots of success because I think was there even a German version of it like in the teachings materials it was like I think it like some other languages and I think one form was German and I was surprised about that and then went through this and it just feels so different to me as well these two different languages how they feel and sound when you talk about the same thing and because I thought like I still have a connection to Germany and speak the language and would engage there as well but obviously that can only happen through online service then which I also yeah living so rurally that was always something because I know how we probably keep on moving countries or going into different communities. So I always thought, oh, it would be good for me to set up something, set something up online, what I would be able to use wherever I am. It doesn't matter if I'm in Samoa, New Zealand or Germany or wherever. For sure. Yeah, I would love if you would share more about that other piece you brought up that it feels like the same information feels different in different languages. Can you say more about that? Yeah, it's interesting. So I'd say I don't only have that with birth. I do have that in general with being brought up only speaking German and then for the last 10 years mainly speak English. And I always felt like that. I don't think if I would have been still stayed, if I would still be in Germany, that I would actually even thought about this because it's hard to explain. But certain words, but certain things come easier to me if I'm able to talk English. And I think one thing is about talking about birth or being like. In English, a lot of things are easier. In Germany, everything needs to be structured and it's like this and you have this or I have this view of oh you can have a midwife hebamma she's the one in charge she's the one who's doing this then you have the doctor you have this and I don't see the same resource or freedom or openness which I perceive through everything I learned from indie birth or from other resources there's no such thing as a German company association doing something like that because they're in a different political system or in a different paradigm in a way. So that's why I felt... Well, perhaps you'll be the first. Yes. (laughs) True, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember who it was that asked for it in German, and I should connect you with them because yeah. they live in Germany. Yeah. So there are people yeah. there thinking about these things and wanting to share and spread information about this. So that might be a cool connection to make. Yeah. So where, let's see, I'm trying to look back at our notes. Where else are you feeling like you need more support around like how to bring this, whether it's to your local community or a virtual community? Even when you said, oh, you could start doing the, go out there and teach the labor blueprint. I'm like, oh yeah, so I could just do that. Yes. So there is this, yeah, it, it's not sure if it's a doubt or an insecurity or just something that I wouldn't consider myself after taking a <clears throat> four months course that I would just then go and be like, okay, so now I have something to share. I have something to say. And I think, so that's probably one of my insecurities that I just don't think <laughs> then the next step would be like, oh, cool, I gained all this knowledge. Like I took this course, I gained this, and now I'm the one who can share this. And that, does that make sense? I think I might have. Like it does. But I'm wondering where like the disconnect is happening for you, if you could yeah. zoom in on it somehow. I think I wonder about that too. <laughs> I think, you know, if I would dig really deeper into the what is stopping me or why do I, it's kind of if I would, you know, it's a little bit tricky, but it's if I would feel that I need permission from someone to be able to do that. So even you just saying, oh, you could take this and go and do this. Like I said, then, oh, okay, so now I've got permission from Margaret to do that. So it's so weird. I don't know if it's a German thing. I don't know if it's a Zara thing or if it's just, okay, why do I need permission from anyone? Of course, because you created this course and you created that blueprint and that would be something I would take and share and would share from whom I've got this information from. And when I really dig deeper, I think there's like a consciousness of that along my line of my ancestors. There was definitely, there were times where it was dangerous and forbidden and the women on my line were persecuted for sharing their knowledge and sharing their wisdom. And so now I'm sitting here and I'm like, hmm, Maybe I need permission, which is I would never ask someone, like, if I would be pregnant or give birth. I would not wait for someone giving me permission to do what I want to do. But in certain things, I'm sitting there and actually think, oh, no, I do need permission from someone telling me that it's okay to do this, Sarah. It's just, no, this is good. Do you feel like you have the information that you would need in order to teach it? That part feels, does that part feel like clear? Yes. It's just this other part of, okay. Yeah. It's just, am I allowed to? Yeah. Yeah. Then talk about this. Yeah. Because even if you would, it's probably good for me to actually, if I would start with the labor blueprint, 
then I can, I know it's not about like me not having enough information or not knowing enough because I could have that as a line out if I wanted to. So that would feel easy and safe in one way. And I think it's, I really think this, if I would be on the other side, like, why would I think that this woman, Zara, me, would is able to tell me these things that I don't know? So if I would be on the other side, because I always have this, I'm such a seeker of information and but I don't doubt where the other people, sometimes I probably would doubt where they get the information from. But if someone presents themselves confident, I take what they have to offer gratefully. And I, I just don't know if other people would do that with me too. <laughs> hmm. Have you taught other things before in your life or presented things? Yeah, so I trained to be a film director and went to film school. And then when I went traveling, I keep, kept teaching like film workshops for youth and photography and creative writing workshops for teenagers. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think how to come at this from another direction. This question of, am I allowed to do this? And would the other person think I'm credible why would they not think you're credible okay good question and there comes my german mind oh because you didn't do like a four-year you're not certified doctor you're not an obstetrician you're not a real midwife you didn't train in this and this and so if like these credentials would then from one way of view they would give you the you're not as easy able to being persecuted if you have all this stuff too but it's if you only go out there and share what you want to share and it's not like giving medical advice to people so you're okay but i also i almost feel ashamed saying this it feels so weird this is this really what part of my mind still holds on to but maybe it is Good. I'm glad I asked you that question because I think, yeah, the credentials piece is huge. We get questions every single day from people. Today I got one from someone who's, they're almost done with their midwifery apprenticeship, they told me. And they want to maybe come to the midwifery skills workshop that I'm teaching. And they said, are you going to cover things like how to run your birth business in a way that's safe as someone who isn't credentialed? And they even used the quotes around safe, which I guess if people are listening, they didn't see me do the air quotes, but I did. And so it's really interesting. Yeah. That this can be a, th I think it's something that we'll all probably spend our lifetimes unraveling because yes, I'm sure in Germany, it's really intense as well. But I think in the U S it's the same messaging at least around yeah, people are not legitimate unless they have the credential, unless they have the degree, unless they have this or that. But what I have learned from teaching many versions of the free workshop stuff and the labor blueprint and other things is that ultimately people don't actually care. 
especially if it's a free class. And I think that's part of the magic of offering it for free, at least at first, Mm -hmm. is it takes a lot of the pressure off of you. And it's just like they wanted to come and they wanted to get this information. And it feels, I don't know, it's a way to build your capacity, I think, around teaching and talking about this material in a way that feels legitimate. So, yeah, I would say take the leap and give it a whirl. And four months is a long time to study something, especially when it's like pretty jam packed full of material. People could easily take way longer to study it. And what's funny, right, is especially here in the US, I don't know quite what it's like there, but people will go to a weekend workshop and come away with their certification to be a doula. They go and they sit for a couple days and listen and do a few births and they're certified as a doula. And most of them are not credible and don't have enough information to really be very useful to people. So I think there's just this really interesting, it does all start to unravel when we really look at it. And I think it's so empowering to find your footing, even if it's little by little and claim what's yours. Like you do have this knowledge, you have spent the time learning and as you gain more experience, then you will also have that. And then you also have a whole life of experience behind you, whether or not it's birth related. Marin and I were just on a walk this morning talking about stuff. And we were talking about how we really want to do more just around general, like women's work, like what it is to be a woman on this planet, because it's the same as birth. It's like, we learn about birth. Yes. There's all the technical stuff, but like the emotional and spiritual pieces are the same. So if you've already been working on those things, yeah. <laughs> your life, your whole life, like you're bringing that to the table too. Birth is just another like facet of the same stone. Yeah. So yeah, I think that it is really exciting to get in front of a room full of pregnant women and to be like, this is what I have to share from the research I've done. And I'm sharing it freely with you and take what you want and leave the rest And I think you'll be surprised how grateful they are and like how excited they will be to learn from you and probably want to keep learning alongside you or perhaps have you like be part of their birth team as a result. So part of it's just trust, finding trust and faith in that, strengthening it in yourself as much as you can. And I know for me, it was baby steps. I think we talked about this on one of the birth warrior calls. So I won't talk too much about it right now. But for people who are listening and maybe haven't heard this part, I'm an unlicensed. Sometimes I like to say license free because I'm free of one. A license free independent midwife in a state where it's actually written into law. That's legal. It's completely fine, even by the letter of the law. And even then moving here and setting up shop, I had to deal with, am I legitimate? Like those internal feelings of imposter syndrome and are people going to accept me? Like think I'm credible and I'm as busy as I want to be. And women are contacting me all the time and love the classes I teach. And, but it's, but it started with me teaching these workshops and getting my footing that really helped. And it was not an overnight process. Hello, everyone. If you're enjoying this podcast, you'd probably really enjoy our other more in-depth offerings. We have a comprehensive course for mamas called 13 Moons, Epic Education for the Birthing Year, 
and an everything you need to know course for aspiring doulas who want to change the world called the Birth Warrior Project, 120 day doula training and transformation. And for the real birth nerds who want to become home birth midwives, we have the Indie Birth Midwifery School. And you can find out about all of these options and more at IndieBirth.org. That's IndieBirth.org. And can I ask you something actually there, which um, I don't know how it is in the US, but like the women who, who want to work with you, do they pay you totally, It's it, they pay you from their own money. There is no insurance covering them any, any bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people will be able to pay me with a health savings account, that kind of thing. I don't know if you have the equivalent there, but that's pretty uncommon. It's mostly self-pay. Yeah, cash. And pay. if they would go into, if they would have a licensed midwife, would that be paid for them? It's not totally clear. It depends on the insurance. It's like a total mess over here, <laughs> as you may have gathered. So sometimes, yes, in some states, and there are some local midwives who say they bill light bill insurance, but... I, and I know some of them have been somewhat successful, but not always. So it's not clear. If they were to go to the hospital, they would have, they would have a cover. Yeah. I think that's the same or or quite similar to, from what I remember in Australia. And I think it's also the same here. So midwifery care is free, but like, and there are lots of birth centers in New Zealand and hospitals. And there are also home birth midwives, but like, for what I've experienced, that's not what, you know, there would be no one I would actually align with so far. Well, I haven't met them yet. Could you say more about that? Just because I think yeah. it's interesting and so, I'm always curious about how things are. <laughs> and so one thing which just came to mind before was, so here also, if a woman wants to have a well, in Australia, if you want to have a home birth, you also have to pay, I think, four or five grand for your home birth midwife. I don't quite know then if it depends if she's licensed or not. I, I don't know about that. But And so in Germany, for example, or by the time I left and how I grew up, so because our medical care system is different and you pay a lot for your medical insurance, like it's all of that stuff is for free. So you choose the midwife. There are only a few home birth midwives left, but it's for free. So when I then w- was living in Australia, I found it was like, wow, it's interesting. Here you have to pay for that. And by now my mind is so it's normal that I would pay for this now. But I came from a country where it is not normal to pay for your doctor or whatever health care, whatever you want is paid in Germany usually, or the most discovered. So that was a switch in to actually go from weight. Like if someone gets a, like a wedding photographer for five that grand, you can also get a midwife, for example. Like why would people, because they're so used to, oh no, this is covered by the state. And so that mm-hmm. that's a huge thing for like 
in Germany, people would think, like, oh, that midwifery care should be covered by the state. So that's not nothing they would actually have to act extra pay, only if they would really want to. And that's also what I've been seeing here, that people think that's covered by the state. So you go to a birthing center, which is like the birthing center here, which I've seen was it's just like a hospital unit where you can't get it at zero, but... And that's then the reason if a woman wants maybe an epidural that she goes to the hospital. Otherwise, she goes to the birthing center. But I just feel that's just a, another wing of the hospital without the option of epidural. That's the only difference, difference. from what I, I've seen. Yeah, I think it's a good point you're bringing up, which is like, how do we help educate people about value of these services and education and support because even really anywhere I feel like that that's a thing that has to happen so here people think why would I pay for a midwife when I could go get a midwife in quotes at the hospital covered either free or with a smaller deductible it gets really complicated here because sometimes people's deductibles are the same price it would be to hire a midwife that then the points moot and they don't even realize it till after the birth i know someone who who brought that up after she had her baby she's oh my deductible was three thousand dollars like how much was your care because i thought i couldn't afford it but apparently i could have (laughs) because we had to pay this bill anyways yeah so i don't know where i was going with that other than to say that it's something that people yeah will have to learn and relearn or unlearn insurance is so interesting i think it's made thing it's obfuscated what the cost of anything really is or should be and nothing is free right like someone's paying for it or we're paying for it somewhere along the line and it's yeah, one of those things. So Marin has a really great po- podcast on that. I think we just promoted this week even. Yeah. Like how you think you can't afford a home birth and money, other money problems, something yeah. like that. So it's an ongoing effort for sure. But I think making that human connection with people first, whether that's maybe via a virtual version of our workshop or teaching it in person and like connecting with them and showing people what it is or like the extent of what they don't know yet, I think is the easiest way then to make the case. I always say if I was a doula, I would have so many clients from these workshops when I teach them. If I have 20 people come, all 20 leave thinking they need a doula because I talk about it and they realize pretty quickly, wow, there's a lot I haven't considered and I have a lot to learn and a lot of support that I didn't know I would need. So it's like super eye-opening and... Yeah, I think a lot of people also think that it's more, whether it's a doula or a midwife, they think it's going to cost more than it does. I've had that experience more often than not. People are like, oh, I thought it would be more than that. Even people who don't make a lot of money. Yeah, just really noting that for yourself. That's a piece of the education that you're giving your community too. And like, I would probably always come like from, instead of looking, how much would that be? I would feel into oh what is it what I need what do I want and if I come up with oh I would want a midwife and a doula and then I can figure out how to get that working but if that was my need I would have that first and then the money thing comes up figure it out and and I think 
So that would also, people I would like to serve or work with, they would probably come from the same view because otherwise they probably wouldn't feel mm-hmm. attracted anyway. As if you look at this, Barbara like, would not be able to afford her or, or her service or this, then it probably wouldn't make sense anyway. I completely agree. And I think, yeah, I think some people just need a little bit of reframing and then some people are going to say things like, oh, I could never afford that. And man, I if 2021 has a theme so far for me, I know it hasn't been very long, but it's this money stuff. Oh man, I've got so many podcast ideas that I'm working on and wanting to do some classes and it's just such a big thing. Like money is energy and money is love. And also I love that you just said you'd put your need first and then figure out the money after. Uh, that's totally the way I operate my life. And I feel like I've gotten better at it as I've gotten older. And there's even people really near and dear to me who don't operate that way and who are like, okay, here's here's what I could afford. And it like halfway meets that need. So I'll just settle. And it's the same as settling in any other way totally. too. Yeah. Not the, yeah. So it's such an interesting, yeah, something I want to talk more about. <laughs> the way we were taught and how the whole system works instead of what, where is it where you want to go and then how can you make that happen? Instead of, oh, I can afford to fly there, but I can't afford to fly where I actually want to go. So I just settle in the middle That's Sounds like a very old paradigm. It is very old paradigm for sure. Yeah. uh, And I think that's also a thing that people build capacity with. I know that this is true for me is when I started out, I was, I did this whole sliding scale thing, which maybe I'll return to someday, but I was like, my services are blank to blank because I felt too like unsure of myself or maybe it's because I was already coming from a place of I didn't have a lot of money either so I wanted to soften the blow or something for people who maybe were in a similar situation but as time has gone on I've gotten better at saying with as neutral as possible my fee is blank and then just I don't say anything I don't apologize for it I don't try to defend why that is the price I've set whereas I feel like when I was first starting out there was more of that and just so, you know, like that is really normal and common to, to just, so even if it's not feeling like you're totally getting that piece right at the very start, it's okay. Like you'll get there. One thing also, what I was just thinking about is that I think it's like when you, if you offer something which is like out of the system or would like you're an out of the system radical, independent, authentic midwife or birth worker or whatsoever, then I think I have this, why can that, is it allowed to, if that costs more than the normal available service, which are still in the system? So, but is it, um, if I would, if I just say what I would look for, I found indie birth because that was what I was looking for. That was the information that I wanted and all the other medical trained stuff wasn't what I, was not the information I was seeking. I went looking further and found it there. So 
then I think other people might operate like that as well. <laughs> and don't want to settle with someone who's serving in the system or within the system. And I reckon that here in New Zealand, there are like a few women who also did the birth warrior already with you. And, but I just haven't, I would haven't engaged with a midwife who has, who's like, who comes from a different tradition or who was trained differently. Like you can, you call yourself a midwife if you have had training in the hospital here. There is no midwife who only became a midwife because she apprenticed with some wise women. Because even the indigenous midwives here trained in the medical system, trained in the hospital. So they go back to their people, but then their hands are like tied together if the woman goes over 42 weeks and they send them to the hospital. And I'm like, this mm. honestly, and I'm, and why is it that way? I wanted another way. I don't want it like this. Right. Yeah. I do too. We better come to New Zealand and do some workshops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. It's so screwed up. And like the way you're describing it is it's like this in most industrialized developed nations at this point is birth is fully colonized. It's not, there's very few spaces where it is in even hints traditional the traditions are largely erased and so there's some people who are doing really cool work around this and i'm someone who is the what am i trying to say my ancestors were immigrants from scandinavia and my family doesn't have our scandinavian birth traditions anymore so some of us are left to just be trying to figure out like how do we get some semblance of the sacred back into this in a way that also isn't like appropriating things culturally and all of those questions but yeah, I think that's, I think you've got a really good point. And I think that there probably are many other women who feel the same, or you might be in the person who inspires many other women to feel the same because they maybe haven't even thought about it in these ways. So I think it's, I think it's exciting. I think it's, it sucks. The current situation sucks, but there's so much room for improvement. And I know from doing this work that there are women everywhere who want this. It's just a matter of either showing them that it's a possibility or reminding them or yeah. whatever word we want to use. Yeah. So not only are you allowed to teach the labor blueprint or whatever it is you want to teach around birth and the things that you now know, I think you are, you have to, you're compelled to, you must. <laughs> So how maybe that helps. Not only are you allowed to, not only do you have permission, but now you've been told you have to. <laughs> Great. And I do like also just setting that as a task for myself, having that it's free anyway, and that I'm not needing to gain any clients or anything. Like that I just... So I like that because that takes the pressure off as well. And also that... Because I think another thing is that I'm sometimes the oh like what kind of like would be the best fit and would there's like how would the best fit look like like I did the your the session where you introduced the avatar client go through that yeah so I was like oh wow this is really interesting <laughs> yeah tell me about that what did you say 
Oh yeah. I was just saying, please tell me more about that. What was interesting and what did you discover from trying to figure out your ideal yeah. client and the avatar? Probably the same insecurity came up before that. It was like, what I'm allowed to picture my, the perfect, can I really just actually picture exactly like my best friend? So who would be the one who I had before? So I was like, oh, wow, I can actually just do that. I don't have to settle for what I think. I could just really go into this is my ideal. This was this would be my a good friend. This would be, and she looks like this, and she wants this from me, and we engage like this and we talk like this and it feels beautiful and we're both so happy that we do this together oh my god it feels so good why did i not allow myself to go in there before (laughs) so why did i yeah it's really interesting It is interesting. And it's one of those places where we learned about the avatar stuff and the ideal client stuff in a really like masculine way. But it actually is this really feminine approach to making an offering and working with people in the world and whatever it is we call business, which is just an extension of ourselves, really, in the end. So I'm glad you liked doing that. And I think it's really powerful. And it's something that we return to over and over again. Like it was something Marin and I were talking about this morning too. It was like, okay, 2021, how do we get even clearer yeah. about who the ideal client is? And we'll always make energetic mishaps sometimes. And that's okay too. And we just take those lessons and learn from them. But it's one of those things that something we were musing about, or I guess what something I said to Marin is, it's so hard because birth is so high stakes that it's really important to get clear on it as much as possible before the birth. Cause you can't just be at a birth and be like, Ooh, I made a mistake. <laughs> I'm going to go because like this is a bad match for me. Like you can't really do, maybe you could. And that's what I was saying to me. I was like, maybe I need to expand my understanding of reality. Maybe like, maybe there is a way you could do that. But in some ways there's like a point at which like you're invested and it would feel bad to remove yourself So, yeah, so we were talking about how to have people find, how to let people book consultations with you even. So something Marion is going to try out, and I might use this idea too, is on the website that says like, book a free consult or whatever. So that page, having a video that's ideally short, and it's you describing your ideal person. Maybe not saying, I'm going to describe to you my ideal person, but weaving those things into a short video saying, hey, I'm Zara. This is a little bit about me, like a 30 second version. I'm thankful you're here on this page. And I just want to share who it is that I love working with and who usually loves working with me. If this resonates, then book a time. Because Marin was saying too, I just consults take a lot of time and energy and who has time to waste. And so helping people get clearer before even booking a time with you, not even using the consult time to figure out if you're a good fit. Let's figure it out a little bit first before we even commit. It reminds me a bit of the clarity calls you um, had for the birth warrior as well. Mm -hmm. And I think from my experience, I don't know actually how many people you have who did the call, but then did not actually sign up. But I knew I would do it before the call. So I just... I knew that this is what I wanted to do, but then the call just gave me 
a bit more, I don't know, like a sneak peek. Or, yeah, I really want this. It's this kind of like a sneak peek where you then realize, yeah, I really want this and now I'll make this happen. But I probably when you do something like that, I would only engage with someone and book a consultation or a free consultation if I have already searched their whole profile, I have already a feeling and this should be my person, but now I just want to know if it's really just instead of just paying straight away, you just go for it and have a quick once um, out. Yeah, and I think the problem comes in when people approach it more like they're shopping for a car <laughs> or something. I've had those people come there like, we're just shopping around and they're not approaching it in that like heart centered way so that's number one like a number one problem and red flag and but sometimes I don't know that till they've left and I'm like they definitely aren't gonna hire me and I think they just interviewed me to say they did I don't even know why so there are sometimes these weird things that can happen especially with consultations and I've had a lot less of them though when since I've gotten more clear on like my consult page which people could check out at duluthmidwife.com slash consultations, I think. Or if you go to duluthmidwife.com, you'll find it there. But it's got like a whole thing about like, read this. It says, read this first before you book. And like, I included a photo that I felt was really striking and would turn people off if they were maybe the wrong people. And and then I have a form similar to the calls that asks some deep questions. So someone has to be pretty committed to even make it through the form. Yeah. So that's helped. It's quite interesting because that also just made me realize so the people I go for or like I I get a lot of information. Like I watch all their stuff out there online, their Instagram profile or whatever. And have a oh do I like this? Does that resonate? Oh I like this, then I watch another one, or I go for another post, I go for another picture. That's probably how I do it. But and it just made me realize that if I want to put myself out there, I actually have to start putting myself out there because I'm not really, like, I, I think I said that to you, Nicole, before. I use social media to take input in, but I haven't created any um, Zara avatar profile <laughs> myself. So I don't put stuff out there because I haven't refined who I want to be, what do I want to put, like, you know, business-wise, what, how would that look like? So, and I reckon that's also one of the next steps and then being in that and putting something out there because if I was myself, I would look for, if I go to a class of someone, even if it's a free class, I would check who they are, how does their voice sound, or do I vibe with their energy? So how do I, I can check that out if I'm actually yeah. not out there. You can't check me out. <laughs> yes. You can't check me out. Yeah, I talked with someone else on one of these. The episode with Stacy. Oh, yeah. People want to go check that out after they finish here. The way she framed it was like, how do I become visible? Yes, that's a good one. She felt invisible. And she is someone who already has a lot of things she's put out there, but she just isn't. Yeah. Anyways, listen to the podcast if you want to hear more. But yeah, that was something I was hoping we'd get to maybe with the end of our time here. We can, this can be our kind of last topic, but you had said input and output and like how to make that shift. So I guess what questions do you have about that or what's kept you from doing that already? 
Yeah, and I think I just said, answered it myself, or you just answered me as well. So you said that the other woman was asking or feeling invisible and how can she make herself more visible? And I think my thing was not that I feel invisible, that I actually wanted to be invisible. So because we were really living like a in the bush and I didn't want to have an Instagram anymore. I didn't want to engage in Facebook. I didn't want all that social shit. And I felt, no, there must be another way for me. And I think there is, but it's also more, okay, how can I use these tools to bring out what I want to bring out? And how can, like, what, it's not, what do I want to be visible? Maybe if that's the question I ask myself, what do I want mm-hmm. to be visible? Like for, so instead of, oh, yeah. I don't want to be visible at all. Yeah, I don't have to share my, what I'm eating for lunch and, you know, what, what, what stuff. I can just, what is it what I want to share and then focus on that instead of like, what is it what I don't want to share? <laughs> so. Yeah, what do I want to share and with who? Yeah, with whom and why? Because I think, because through my travels and stuff, like there are, of course, people I stayed in touch with, but sometimes it's like, if I would post anything on that tiny Instagram account I'm still holding, my few friends who I haven't seen for seven years or so, they wouldn't understand if I post anything about a postpartum journey or about why you should have a labor blueprint. They're just not, they, we are differently connected, but so actually creating, I can even call it my avatar if I, how can I be visible in my avatar I'm creating? So that might help. Yeah, yes, that is true. And also, you might be surprised how into birth stuff people might be, even if you are connected differently. Because you connected over something. And like I said, birth is just one side of the same thing. So I'd be curious. But I agree, it might feel good to start fresh. And it's also, I think, a big conversation happening right now is like what platforms to be on or not. It's something that we're investigating and we keep coming back to like our, and we have a large enough following that it's made it possible to have a really bustling, mighty network, which feels really like a cool and private spot for us. So we're super grateful for that. But obviously we do engage on some other platforms too. And the other question I guess I would ask you is what type of output are you interested in doing? Some people love doing podcasts some people love making videos some people love writing blog posts some people do poetry or maybe you do film I don't know there's so many ways that it doesn't have to look a certain way just because you see other people doing it so what do you want to share with who why and then the how which are all really huge questions but I think you will know the answer to them as you sit with them Yeah, they're really good questions. And and it's also just the time to start start with a small step. Or it's kind of just start and then see what develops instead of having the whole concept of planned out how that should 
completely look like. Yep. Well, that's what part of the reasoning is behind the final projects for the Birth Warrior Project. Like those are meant to be these kinds of like little nudges of making a video or making something written about lots of universal topics that like are all applicable. You should be able to have a conversation about them. Things like when to call in labor, what is your basic philosophy about labor coping strategies, those sorts of things. So even if it's just you recording those answers as part of your final project and posting them on YouTube or posting them on Instagram or whatever, like that's the reasoning for having those there is because that first step and doing it that first time, same with the the labor blueprint, teaching it the first time is the hardest. And then from there, it just like snowballs. Yeah. Organically. So sometimes it feels weird and forced. I've had some students say that, oh, I didn't want to make a video about that. It's a boring topic or, but in the process of making it, they got inspired around, I do want to make a video about that. And now that I know I can do it and I've done it, now they're more likely to actually create the things they also want to be creating. Yeah. Yeah, I have another question actually around the teaching the labor blueprint. Okay. Back <laughs> yes. to that. No, I was just thinking of me going out and offering it. And so I obviously would not go into a hospital and ask if I could teach it here or so. Where would you, if I would go into the city, like where would you look at like women's groups or women's centers or because even the birth centers here, I don't really actually like to go into a birth center here. Yeah, off the bat, not knowing a ton about New Zealand, I would look for places. So my first suggestion is to once, and it sounds like you've spent some time on this. So maybe I'll just ask you, okay, I'll just ask you, your ideal client, the avatar of your ideal client, where does she hang out? What does she do? Where does she spend her time? <laughs> I just want to say on Waiheke Island, which is like a small island off Oakland. So not in the big city. She's not really a big city driller. Or she would be in the west, so in the Waitakere Ranges, in the bush a bit more. So she would probably also only come to the city to go to the organic shop. Okay. So maybe the organic shop is the place to ask. Do they have a classroom? Ours does. And if they don't, they might have some yeah. ideas too. So yoga studios is a popular one or libraries or... I'm glad I asked you that yeah. question because, yes, I think even... I don't think that organic shop where I would go has a classroom, but they just actually came another, like a retreat, spiritual center, not far from that organic shop or so, which would probably... Yeah, that would be a good spot. I could ask there. And then you would, yeah, and then you use the magic of internet advertising to tell people about it or, and or doing the old-fashioned flyering thing or reaching out to those places and saying, hey, I'm offering this and I haven't seen anything else offered like this. Can you let your communities know, whether it's stroll retreat centers or yoga places or the co-op or the organic food shop, anywhere that you think your avatar would 
go and hang out or spend time reaching out to those places, even if you're not going to do your thing there, saying, hey, I wonder if there's a way to let the people in your network know about this. Yeah, that's cool. It is cool. I can't wait till you do it. And I want to hear how it goes. And I'm also happy to help with some of that like magical internet marketing stuff. I feel like I've talked about it a few places and I've been meaning to maybe make a whole class on it for the Birth Warrior Project. It's pretty simple though. Just boosting posts and boosting events isn't really the way to go. You really want to make sure you're targeting people that actually might be pregnant. And there are some tricks to doing that. But in a place that's that big, you should have no problem filling a room. Yeah. Of super interested. I also really the idea of doing an online thing as well, like, for example, for the German people. Totally. Quite cool. So, yeah. Yeah. We had a student who is currently in the United States, but she's from the Dominican Republic. I'm 99% sure. Is that right? Yes. And she taught an online version for women in the Dominican Republic. And I think she had like over a hundred people on the call. And her plan is to return there and be a midwife there. Yeah. So it was really, I think it was really inspiring for her to see how much interest there really is for her to be going back to that's so awesome and she i think just did an instagram post and she boosted it to i think it was a pretty basic audience she made but like women within childbearing years in the dominican republic and didn't spend a ton i want to say she spent eight dollars or something advertising that's awesome yeah yeah anything else while we are on for another minute or two any last things that would make it feel more complete or I guess I like to ask people, what are your action steps to be a little bit masculine for a moment? So definitely, I think the next thing I go, I going to go through that labor blueprint again and see like that. I think you have that um, teaching layout mm-hmm. and And I'm probably just envisioning myself doing it, which is not such a masculine step, but just envisioning it, feeling it, how that if I sit there, if I talk like this, how does that, how does it feel in my body? And then, yeah, checking these places out where I could actually, I think it's just this whole thing. Yes, I could actually now do this. I can go and engage and say, I have something here, like I want to teach that for free. Can I do this here? That sounds really mm-hmm. um, exciting to me. <laughs> and I love yep. the, yeah, the, the shared experience it will give me. I just want to give this, but I know already what I'm going to receive from it. It will be confidence that I'm doing this, just like putting myself out there doing something like this and just feeling how I like it, if it resonates with and I might really like it. You might really like it. I'm super excited. Yeah, and then I guess my other homework I'd give you is thinking through those questions around what do I want to be visible and maybe taking some baby steps towards 
making something visible. Yeah. Cool. Wow. We covered a lot of ground. I'm excited to write the description for this episode sure. now that we've done it. There's a lot there. So for people who are listening, thanks for making it through this really fun fly on the wall experience. And if you want to learn more about our birth warrior project, I would direct you to indiebirth.org slash birth warrior project. You can also reach out to me at margo at indiebirth.org if you have questions. At some point, I'm also going to be offering one-on-one business coaching through IndieBirth. So watch for that too, if you are inspired and want to do this yourself. And I think that's it from me. If you enjoyed what you heard, please hit the subscribe button and give this podcast a five-star review. For more enriching content and conversation around the primal physiological process that is pregnancy, birth, and beyond, please head over to IndieBirth.org. And if you are in the Duluth area seeking prenatal and midwifery support, you can find Margo at DuluthMidwife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.